Welcome to our special Retail Revolution podcast summer series, Independent Thinkers, The Rise of Generation Z. Each short episode is produced and hosted by Parsons School of Design Fashion Management graduate students, Maloney Katari and Caitlin Forbes. Each interview features six key questions that will help fashion and retail brands understand the needs, wants, and desires of the rising Gen Z customer. Listen to full episodes of Retail Revolution with host Christopher Lacey every Tuesday. Follow us on Instagram at Retail Revolution Podcast and visit RetailRevolutionPodcast.com for more information. Retail Revolution is produced by Joshua Williams. Hello and welcome to Retail Revolution Podcast and our special summer series, Independent Thinkers, The Rise of Generation Z. I'm your host today, Milani Kothari, and today's guest is Megan Picuro. Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello there. Uh, my name is Megan Picuro, and I'm a marketing professional in the cosmetics industry, and I'm also a graduate student at Parsons School of Design. So we have been classmates for almost a year now. I'm really curious to ask you, you have been a part of the target audience for brands over the last two to five years. So what do you look in a brand to meet and exceed your expectations? I'm really looking for solid curation. I, I really hate when brands come out with product just to come out with product or items just to come out with items. So I'm looking for like a refined curation for sure. And definitely brands that are, they don't have to be fully transparent, but that are, I guess, a little more transparent about how they pay their workers, especially farther down the supply chain or earlier on in the supply chain, like garment workers and, and people actually making the clothes or the products. Yes, I think that's really important in these times. Do you feel that brand is getting it right or is there another brand you think holds that kind of a spot? I think Patagonia does a good job. I think Patagonia stays true to its values, like sort of no matter what. I mean, I'm not buying my entire wardrobe from that brand, but I'm certainly buying items from that brand. Something I especially like about them is that they have a used store within their website. So I've actually purchased quite a few used items from them. And I think that that's really awesome. And all of us have been buying stuff online since so many months. And this is the time also where the topic of systematic changes are at the forefront of every conversation, be it sustainability, transparency, gender equality, as I know you have been discussing that a lot in our classes as well as racial equality to whatever has been happening in the States. So why do you think a brand stands on these topics influence your decision making as a consumer or even as a fashion professional? I feel like in the United States, especially, we sort of vote with our dollars. So my vote goes to companies that are aligned with my own value systems. For example, Patagonia actually took $100,000 and donated it to the NAACP. You know, a lot of other brands just came out and said like, oh, we support Black Lives Matter. We support this. But I felt like Patagonia does the right thing, even if it's hard, even if it costs them. And for me, I like to buy from brands that are sort of pushing boundaries and, and doing what's right, even if it's hard. Since you are from the beauty industry, which beauty brand would you say is doing the right job right now or at least getting there? 
I think it's interesting. Sephora came out and said that they would start supporting more like black owned beauty businesses. My thesis for the graduate program that we're in is sort of on inclusivity and beauty because I don't think the beauty industry does a good job at all. I don't care what brand it is. I mean, there are some black owned brands that are doing a great job, but they're not necessarily super popular in the mainstream. And I want to see not even just brands, but companies like Sephora and Ulta do more. I don't think the beauty industry has changed much over the years at all. It's still very white Eurocentric. I, I just think it's really outdated. Yes, it is to an extent, which also brings me to my next question. We have seen so many brands over the past few years make mistakes, whether it is labor practices in the supply chain or cultural insensitivity, or I would say even cleaner beauty. So can those brands get you back as a customer? I'm not sure. I mean, I guess like Tarte, I think a few years ago messed up with their foundation launch and they said that they were inclusive and they had like 50 shades of white and they've turned their brand around a little bit. And I have actually purchased from them since. I guess there is a possibility, but there's definitely brands that I try to stay away from or I just don't agree with. And I don't think that they'll ever get me back as a customer no matter what they do, because I feel like ultimately their values aren't aligned with mine. That's true. And also in the times we are in and the generation we are in, we look out for brands who are very honest and who take care of their employees and also their customers to a great extent. So in what ways have these times changed your shopping behavior? And how do you look out for shopping once we get out of this pandemic? I think brands are going to have to be more patient and much more, maybe not so fast paced with putting stuff out and then having a turnover. Like I think maybe smaller releases and like slowly launching their like spring collection or fall collection or with makeup, like slowly launching things instead of having these like major hard resets because I just think that the pace of shopping and how much time people have and what they're gonna want from being in a store is very different. It's gonna be different because all of us have been so anxious even to go out and buy groceries. So shopping is something not in the list right now if the brand is doing something really great. Which brings me to my last question. When you look at the fashion retail landscape, which brand would you contribute your talents and your skills, which is like your dream job? I, I think besides owning my own company, my dream company or job to work for would be Estee Lauder. I would love to work for Estee Lauder. They own so many brands that I really love. Even the core brand, Estee Lauder, I feel like is such a solid brand. I mean, there's stories of her going to these counters herself and just being so immersed in the industry. And they own Mac and they own Drunk Elephant and they own a lot of brands that they really like. And they are so different from a, a company like L'Oreal because they really stay away from anything that's not prestige beauty. And I think that enables them to do a better job because they kind of stick to their core of what they're good at. And they're really good at luxury beauty. Yes, that's been a really, really interesting talk. And uh, you have given us some insights in the beauty industry as well. 
So yes, looking forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Retail Revolution. A very special thank you to everyone who has helped make this podcast possible. Our guests, our students, and fellow faculty at Parsons School of Design, especially in such an extraordinary and unprecedented time. Our theme music was composed by Spencer Powell. Be well and stay tuned for our next episode.